Hallelujah. There's many kids in our school and our faith formation program that have been withholding from saying that word all through the Lenten season. And even yesterday I heard one of the kids go, Mom, I almost said the naughty word. <laughs> Alleluia. Naughty word? Come on. Like, but that's beautiful to see. But once again, what a beautiful word that is to be able to, to praise God. And of course, we're called to do our whole life to, to be a people that are full of alleluia, praising God and celebrating with him. You know, a question I get often from parishioners, they say, Father, what are you going to do to celebrate Easter? I say, well, I'm going to celebrate Mass. That's what I'm going to do. They go, no, 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 what are you going to do to celebrate? I go, once again, the most important thing I am going to do is I'm going to celebrate some Masses. We'll make it plural. And they go, okay, let's let's re question this once again. Okay, what are you going to do after you celebrated these Masses? And I can tell you the answer this year. This is what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go visit maybe a parishioner or two, hopefully, and then I'm going to go home. I'm going to turn on the Masters. I'm going to listen to that soundtrack, and I'm going to fall asleep right away. It's a tradition unlike any other, taking a nap on Easter and taking a nap during the Masters, and we put them together uh, this week. But once again, uh, the Masters actually has that, that slogan. It's its trademark, a tradition unlike any other. So hopefully I don't get sued for using it in a homily. But how did the Masters actually come to be? Of course, the Masters is going on right now. It started in 1930 when the best amateur golfer of all time, Bobby Jones, retired. And he realized that he wanted to, to, to buy and kind of develop a golf course. So him and entrepreneur Clifton Roberts from New York purchased land in, well, Augusta, Georgia. In 1932 is when they purchased it. In 1934, uh, they decided to have a tournament. And actually from 1934 to 1939, the tournament was called Augusta National Invitational. They wanted to call it the Masters or but Bobby Jones thought, no, no, that's too presumptuous. Let's call it the Augusta National Invitational. But it was the one tournament a year that Bobby Jones would play in. So all the pros wanted to come and play uh, with him. And not only that, but people wanted to report about it as well. I believe it was in 1935 for the golf world, kind of the shot around the world, which was a double eagle on hole number 15 in the final round. Not that I'm a big fan of the Masters at all, all right? But in 1940, the Masters decided to make the date permanent the first full week of April, even if it's during Easter, which, come on, Georgia, let's do a little better than that, right? But they, they keep on uh, doing that. But over the years, uh, the reason that they had the first full week of April was actually because back then, spring training for baseball would be coming to an end in Florida, and all the newspaper writers would be coming back up north, you know, where there's still snow on the ground and stuff, and they'd stop in Augusta to write about this tournament. And all of a sudden, the popularity started to explode. And this really happened in the, in the late 80s and early 90s. Of course, we know when Tiger Woods won uh, in the 90s, I think 96, I believe, the Masters became very difficult to get tickets to. And so they started something. They started a lottery so that you could be not just a fan at the Masters, so you could officially be called a patron because it's Augusta, and they have traditions. And you can't run there. They don't call it the back nine. They call it the, the second nine. So all these traditions, and one of the traditions is they don't call fans fans. 
they call them patrons. And so what you're called to do, if you want to go to Augusta, either you ask a bunch of parishioners for tickets, hasn't been successful yet, right? Supposed to be a joke, all right? Or you enter the lottery. And so the last 12 years, I have entered the lottery to go to the Masters. And that happened last year as well. I entered, I put my name in, and then I realized, uh, it's Easter that week. What if I win? Don't worry, I never win. And once again this year, in July, I received an email from the Masters. It says, Mr. Carlson, we appreciate your interest in the Masters. Unfortunately, there are no tickets available for you this year. And I tell myself every single year, a tradition unlike any other, being rejected by the Masters. It happens. Maybe next year, right? Maybe, maybe next year. You know, when we think of a tradition, maybe one of the traditions that we have is coming to Easter Mass. And that is a good thing to do. But this is more than a tradition. Coming to Mass and celebrating Easter, celebrating the Lord's resurrection, it's more than a tradition. It's how we're called to live our life. A life singing out that naughty word, Alleluia, right? Why? We're able to praise God for all that he has done for us. Why? Because he is a God unlike any other. Look how much he loves us. Look how much he loves us. We go back into salvation history. And last night at the Easter Vigil, we were able to read through seven readings from the Old Testament starting with the story of creation, how he loves us out of love, how God wanted to give himself completely to us. He doesn't need us, but he wanted to love us. He brought us into existence out of his love. And we see this throughout the Old Testament, how he's continuing to give himself over and over and over again. But throughout the Old Testament, we also know what happens. We reject him over and over and over again. We see this with Adam and Eve. We see this with, with David. We see with the chosen people, the Israelites, rejecting God and going to other gods who are not full of love, who are actually full of vengeance. Or they're going to the God of the world and trying to seek out worldly pleasures. And yet our God does what? He continues to give himself to us. Even when we reject him, he does not reject us. We see this not only in the Old Testament, we see this in the New Testament. We see how we rejected him, hung our Savior on the cross, crucified him. And yet what does he say from the cross Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Does he reject you? Does he reject us? No. And that final rejection for God was not only on the cross, but it's how we live our life sometimes. Choosing other things, placing them as our God. Even golf sometimes. I'm guilty of that myself. And yet, what does God do? He gives himself completely to us. 
he dies for us. And that resurrection, he raises us up. He raises us up to be with him where? In heaven and that he's interceding at the right hand of the Father for you and for me because he wants to, you to be with him. Why? Because he is a God unlike any other. He is a God who's not just full of love. He is love. And he desires to give himself to us. And who are we, by the way? We are his children. You see, God invites us into this relationship. And it's not a relationship he invites us into, just like the masters, where it's one weekend a year. No, no, no. It's an invitation into being his children. You see, we've already won the lottery. We have. God created you. That's better than getting master's tickets. That's better than even being a member of Augusta National. We have God. He has us. We are his children. And that's so much better than being a patron or a member. God gives himself to us and invites us into this relationship a relationship in which he will never reject you because he is love and you are his children. When you were baptized, you were baptized into this communion of love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And today on Easter, what we celebrate is that we're united with him, yes, in his death, but also in his resurrection and how he is always available to us. And what does he say? He says, come and follow me and I will give you rest. Come and follow me and I will give you life. I'll give you all that you need. And he will never reject you. And so praise God. And I mean this completely. Praise God I got rejected for those master's tickets this year. Because I wouldn't have gone. Because there's no place better to be than here right now. Accepting this invitation to be with God. But this beautiful thing is, it's not just today. It's called to be every day of our life. And to this relationship with a God unlike any other. A God who says, you're not just a member, you're my child with whom I am well pleased.